This is Paving the Way, a podcast for young women looking for encouragement and advice. Each episode will focus on real life for real women. We're Tiff and Beth, a couple of women who are ready to speak to you honestly about our life struggles and our relationship with God. We hope by sharing our stories with you that we can help pave your way to Christ. This week, we are going to talk all about us. This might be my favorite episode because we are going to talk about our backgrounds by asking each other questions and really getting you comfortable with us. Hey guys, this is Tiff, and I'm going to go first by asking Beth a few questions about herself. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Where are you from? So, I grew up in a little nothing town called Ramona, California, with my grandparents on a hundred acre cattle ranch that sounds amazing uh it kind of was it was kind of terrible at the same time uh when you live in southern california people don't really think about cattle ranches or dust piles or the smell of chicken farms they think about the beach and tacos but it was okay it wasn't it wasn't the worst experience ever and my home church is actually there where i started going to church immaculate heart of mary and they're still going strong out there in Ramona. 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 <laughs> so what's your favorite food? I would have to say my favorite food is steak and it has to be rare and it has to be cooked correctly and it has to be com- it has to come from the right kind of cow and it's just it's really complicated because I'm kind of a snob about it. No steak sauce, salt and pepper, good nice rare steak. So you're not a dipper. A dipper? Like you don't dip your steak in like ketchup and mustard and barbecue sauce or anything like that? Nothing. What is wrong with you? I'm a big dipper. I have to dip everything in something. Are you a star system? That's the big <laughs> dipper. No. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, so what is your most embarrassing moment? I'm sure like teenage me is cringing at this and I never thought that this would be the most embarrassing thing but probably peeing myself um and as a person who's had (laughs) kids and I kind of like whispered that but as a person who has kids like women know like it's just you sneeze wrong and you're gonna pee so it's happened more than once I think the most recent time I was sitting with friends around a bonfire and laughing and the next thing I know my I've peed myself and it's on the chair and (laughs) on my skirt and yes and then her husband washed my clothes for me it was it was spectacular so what was the um the first time that happened I don't even know I don't know no I mean I was probably like five (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't I mean my oldest daughter my daughter is 10 now but I do know that every time I sneeze, like, I have to think about it and, like, breathe, clench, sneeze. Okay, we're good. <laughs> um, well, that's... I've done that a couple of times. I'm not going to lie. I think after you have kids, it just happens. Yeah. But yeah. it is pretty embarrassing. It is. It's it's not fun to talk about. There you have it, guys. I pee myself. <laughs> um, so, you have a lot of land. And it's beautiful out here. It is. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. It is. I, I'm actually really excited. We bought this property last year. It's 30 acres out here in Georgia. And I really wanted to have, you know, farm animals. And for a while we did that. But 
unfortunately on my bad days that's just not feasible right so right now we're actually moving in someone who's going to manage part of the land and bring in animals and they're going to manage all of that nice. but my dream is eventually to have a safe haven for young girls and to provide them with a place where they can go they can talk they can be themselves and also introduce them to horses because I don't talk about it much and I didn't really talk about it in my testimony, but when God wasn't in my life, it was my horse that kept me going. Like I stayed on this side of bad because I had a horse and I would go out and I would ride out in the middle of nowhere in the pasture and just lay down on her back and cry. And I think every girl deserves that experience where they have something that just will let them get everything out and horses are really empathetic animals and so eventually I'd like to also have equine therapy available on the property that's awesome so that's what you that's your big dream for your land that's the big dream the big goal I'm terrified of horses I know like I think they're just gonna straight up kick me from behind I know but there's a certain way to pet them right uh, <laughs> so that they don't kick you? Horses are naturally prey. So they most of the time, and I won't say all of the time because my horse friends who are listening are probably like, what are you saying? <laughs> most of the time, they're not going to kick you. And if they don't want to be around you, they're going to go away. Yeah. Now, there are signs that if they're unhappy and they're angry enough, then they might kick you. But it doesn't just happen, usually. Uh, but yes horses can see all around them except directly behind them so if you are directly behind a horse you either want to be right on it and touching it the whole time or far enough away that it cannot reach you well that's good to know yeah so if i come in here to help you we'll have like weird horse training no we are definitely (laughs) you are going to be around horses out here okay well all right well that sounds good so where do you see yourself in five years Honestly, I don't really know. Right now is such an exciting time. Starting this ministry with you and having my family together and we're doing so much stuff with our church. I'm so focused on the right now that I can't even I can't even look in 5 years. I'm not even sure. I I know that we're here together to do something great and I just know in 5 years it's going to be amazing. I don't know what that is though. Okay, so I have to know. Um, what is your favorite color? Blue. Blue? Blue. I thought you were going to say pink. Uh, no. I thought you hated pink, but then you said you loved pink. So I was a little confused about what your favorite color was. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this was actually more defined when I was younger. Like, when I was younger, I did not like pink. But I also think that that was something that I felt I should feel. Because right. I was in a little bit more of the goth crowd even though I'm not sure I fit in there either, but that's who I hung out with. Mm -hmm. And so pink was not allowed. Right. I am accepting of pink now. I have pink sloths on my pants (laughs) right now, but uh, it's not my favorite color. Blue is definitely my favorite color. Oh, that's cool. Um, So that kind of actually leads me to my next question. So what were you like as a kid? I don't know if you want to do like little kid or middle schoolish or high schoolish. You could touch on all three if you want. I was... I was generally the same. I'm I, I'm a huge tomboy. And growing up on a farm, that kind of just makes sense. My grandpa got me as a retirement gift. 
happy retirement, Grandpa. Here's a two-year-old. Right. And he didn't really have anyone else to help him on the farm. So I was his help, you know, and I helped pull calves and I played in cow pies and (laughs) I rode horses and I was really just a tough little kid. And because he didn't work, my grandma did for a time, I was always at his side. So I was definitely a grandpa's girl. We watched, you know, Matlock and Perry Mason, Highlander, <laughs> Law and Order. I wasn't allowed to watch NYPD Blue. I don't know. <laughs> they had like a thing against it. Yeah. No, Grandpa watched it. Grandma wouldn't let me. Oh. We watched Judge Judy. I love me some Judge Judy. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because now I feel like it definitely ages me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm only 30, but I have an older perspective on life than a lot of 30-year-olds. Right. Because of the way you were brought up. Yes. Um... So, who is your hero, or who do you look up to? Definitely my grandparents. Yeah. I mean, there's just no one else in my life has ever compared to them. And, you know, and I have to say this because the only person who comes close is my husband. And I do look up to him. I do respect him. But my grandparents are just, without them, I would be dead. And my husband came at a time in my life where I was already on the track to healing and I was already a better person, but my grandparents stuck by me when any moment I was like a bomb, just ready to explode. And they have shown me Christ's forgiveness and Christ's love again and again and again, and they never give up, even when everyone else thinks you should. Mm -hmm. They're just amazing. They're in there almost... Well, my grandpa's in his 80s. My grandma's turning 80 this next year. And they're just amazing. And they're still up and around. And they, you know, fix fence still. And they still move cows. And every time one of them gets hurt, they call me and I yell at them. (laughs) So we just have a really great relationship. But I couldn't imagine wanting to be like anybody else. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I do have one more for you. I think it's going to be kind of a funny one. Okay. So when Beth is stressed. (laughs) <laughs> what does Beth do? Uh, Are you a screamer? Do you scream in the pillow? Do you run outside? Do you... I internalize. I, I mean, I just shut down. Yeah. And I think you actually have experienced this mm-hmm. because I'm also naturally introverted. And people who know me don't believe this at all. But if I don't know you and you come into my personal space and you pressure me, I shut down like I just I can't even function unless I get some kind of control of the situation and (laughs) usually that control is just appearing to be as mean as possible yeah I've experienced that yeah you have (laughs) and it's funny because I have a I have a story that actually accompanies this at my when I was going to church in Maryland it's a very small church Mm -hmm. so everyone has their seat it's never full and I had my seat And I went to sit down and I was by myself. My husband at the time was working. He worked a lot. Um, And so I was by myself. And so there's no one sitting next to me. Well, this lady comes and she sits next to me, right next to me. Like she's in your bubble. She is in my bubble. Like hip to hip. Yes. (laughs) And so she wants to talk. And so I make very awkward small talk. And the next week... She sits with me again. So I now have a plan. The following week, I sit somewhere else. 
while she sits next to me again. <laughs> so the week after that, I literally stood in the back of church until she sat down and hid until she sat somewhere and sat somewhere else. And looking back on that, I think she probably thought I hated her, but I just couldn't deal with someone just taking over my space and then being in my bubble and forcing me into conversation and I was just not prepared. Right. <laughs> All right. So Beth's a runner. Yeah, I'm a runner. <laughs> All right. Now it's my turn. So you guys know a little bit about me, but I'm going to turn the tables and ask Tiff to tell us all about her. So give us some background. Do I have to? You have to. <laughs> so I grew up in beautiful St. Mary's, Georgia. Have you ever been there? No. Okay. Well, it's like wedged between Brunswick and Jacksonville. I think we talked about how I have no idea where anything in Georgia well, is. Well, it's on the southeast side mm -hmm. and it's on the coast. I'm like doing hand motions like people can see me. <laughs> we did talk about uh, video recording this. No, we should. We should think about that. Yeah. Um, well, if you've never been there, you should totally go because it's a beautiful place. It actually has Cumberland Island near it, and you can take your little boat or kayak and go to Cumberland Island. We can road trip. We can road trip. It's an awesome place. I get to, you can play with dolphins out there. I don't know. It's just like a dream world. Um, anyway, so I worked at a Christian radio station there on and off for about 10 years. It's called Lighthouse Christian Broadcasting. Um, after a little while, I got married to a military man because it's near a military base. And I have a, see, we had a couple of moves after that. And um, now we have two amazing boys, a Great Dane, which is pretty much a horse. Uh, his see, name is and you, Hero. So you can't be afraid of horses when you own one that lives inside your house. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, we also have a little silky. So it's kind of funny. So we have this gigantic horse and this little silky and they play together and it's wonderful, but that's our dog life. Um, our family loves to be active. We love hiking, disc golfing. Well, the boys like disc golfing. I just go to like support. Take Instagram pictures. Take Instagram pictures. Yes. Yes. Um, and whatever else we find that we can do as a family. Um, we're pretty active in our local church, our youth group. And yeah, I mean, that's my life in a nutshell I guess all right so and Cub Scouts and Cub Scouts yeah how can I forget that's actually how we met that's right all right so I'm just gonna bring it in hard what's the toughest thing you've ever been through of course you would um <laughs> uh, so I would say personally like I've struggled through a lot of things I've dealt with anorexia and bulimia and depression I'm an anxiety uh, I would think all of those considered, I think anxiety is the hardest because it's, I mean, it's hard to escape your own brain. Uh, and I think that anorexia and bulimia and depression, like all stem from anxiety. So, um, I don't know. I've kind of dealt with that on and off my whole entire life and I'm still working, you know, pretty hard to get out of my head in that way just because, I mean, the Bible tells us not to be anxious for anything, but in those moments, it feels so real. Like, right. you feel like you're choking. You feel like you're going to die. Um, and it's just such a hard thing to explain. Um, so that's probably the hardest thing mentally, even physically and spiritually, that I've had to go through. Um, because it, it does affect you physically. Because when you have those attacks or something, it's like your whole body just wants to plummet. And you right. just want to sleep it off. And that's where the depression comes. So. Yes. Yeah, it's really hard, um, but as a family, you know, if you want to know personally and 
familia struggles. Um, the hardest thing that we've ever gone through um, was when our son had a craniotomy. Um, he was only four years old. And so watching him go through that surgery and the healing process was a struggle for our whole family. Um, it caused us to question God because, you know, cancer runs in my, my husband's mm -hmm. family. So he has this huge bump on his head. We didn't know what it was. And doctors kept telling us not to worry about it. And as long as he didn't have headaches and didn't have different things, that he was fine. Mm -hmm. um, but as a mom, I just knew something wasn't right. And so we kept pushing the doctors to get it checked out. They, you know, decided to do a, a scan of his brain or a scan of his skull. And they found out that the, the bump was also underneath the skull. And so the cells that were there were multiplying. And it would eventually, it was going to grow into the main artery of his brain. So... They had to cut it out, and the surgery is about four hours. You know, it was supposed to, they said anywhere from four to six hours, and it could have lasted six hours if they nicked the main artery of the brain, and the neurosurgeon was going to have to patch it, and they might have to give him a transfusion. I mean, it was just this, like this huge ordeal, but God was faithful, and um, he his surgery was only four hours. He was not in there for three days like they said he was going to be. He was only in there for a day. Um, he was doing flips on the floor three days later, and a week later, he was running down the street. So um, that is a huge testimony to how, you know, good God is and our family. I mean, right now, he's still, we'll still check on him every six months to make sure there's no residual growth, but it was not cancerous, and it was benign, and it was just a weird growth. And so, yeah, so that was really difficult. So, um, since I know that he's better now, yeah. I don't feel bad asking, did he get a really cool Iron Man helmet? You know, he didn't actually. Oh, man. I was really stressed. Opportunity. I was really stressed about that. They, um, they told us that he didn't really need it, that they were more afraid of him yanking it off. And so, they really just wrapped his, his head with gauze, which I'm like, he's a monkey. He jumps on everything. How is it safe? Um, but he didn't. He missed out. He did miss out. Oh, well. He did look like he had a helmet on for a few days. Right. The way they wrapped it, but he eventually ripped it off. So. I got you. Yeah. So, this is kind of a secret, I feel like, because you don't talk about it as much as I think you should. Tell us all about your book. Okay. So, I did write a book. I self-published a book about three years ago, two years ago. I started writing it three years ago. Published it two years ago. Um, and... And actually, I wrote it through my anxiety and depression and just different things that I was going through. It was kind of like my vomit <laughs> of everything. Yeah. Because anxiety, you hold everything in. And it was my chance to get everything out. Uh, but it's called Running Mascara, Embracing the Beauty of an Imperfect Church. And it's about my personal strive towards perfectionism as a Christian and mm -hmm. how that destroyed my relationship with Christ. Because I was constantly trying to fix myself. I was wearing the perfect hair, the perfect makeup, saying all the right scriptures I thought, you know, making sure I read my Bible five times a day, you know, just really trying to live and um, do everything I thought that it took for Jesus to love me, even though I knew who who Jesus really was and that he loved me no matter what. Um, but I, I, I wrote it to kind of remind myself that Jesus runs to the mess and not away from the mess. And it's also a challenge to the church that we are better about embracing our imperfections. I feel like if the outside world sees that 
we know that we're not perfect and we know that we constantly need Jesus to be our help in every situation that we're going through, like and between every breath that they will be more inclined to run after him because they realize like, I don't have to be perfect for Jesus to love me. Right. You know? So it was really difficult to write. Um, because I knew that I would get some pushback from the church or a pushback from my closest family and friends because it was my personal story and people are part of that. So it wasn't easy, but I knew Jesus wanted me to write it. So (laughs) yeah, it's there. Are you worried about pushback now during this podcast? I am a little bit. Um, just because I think we're doing something so bold, you know, uh, we're trying to be real with people and it's not easy for people to heal, hear real or even to be real with themselves or other people. Right. Um, we like to wear the mask, so we're ripping it off. Yeah, I think we definitely have already faced a little pushback. But I think one of the things is, is that once we get going, people can't deny the truth that we speak. Right. That's so, right. I'm excited. I am too. All right, so you have had a really tough time with anxiety and a couple things you've talked about, um, self-image issues, depression, blaming anorexia. That's a big one. Um, what gets you through it when you're going through tough times now? What saying or verse is your favorite? Well, through different times and stages of my life, there have been different scriptures or sayings that have got me through. But recently... Um, it's kind of a weird one. Not a lot of people will probably think, oh, that's a scripture I'm going to think about, you know, when I'm going through depression or something like that. Um, but it's in John and John 18. And it's actually the moment when the soldiers come and they're about to arrest Jesus. Um, they come to him and, you know, they ask him, like, where is Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus says, I am he. And that actually translates to I am, which is what God called himself in the Old Testament. And so John 18, 6 says, when he told them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. And so it's kind of weird, but the scripture reminds me of the majesty of Jesus, that even in the situations that we don't quite understand, or that even people don't seem to want to bow down to him, that they eventually will, like they have to, like they can't deny the, the, the majesty of Jesus. Like these were people who were coming to arrest him who maybe not even believed in him, but when he said, I am he, which is, I am like, I am who I am. Like it was what God told Moses. Um, they fell down. And I think that we have to remind ourselves that even though the greatest things that we go through, like he's in control over and those things have to bow down to him. So it's a great thing to know that the I am is in control. Yeah. It's kind of funny because there's actually a scene in Defenders with, yeah. with Luke Cage. And Luke Cage is known for being so strong that no cell can hold him. Nothing can hold him. And he's getting released from prison. Mm-hmm. And they can't get the key. The guard is so scared of him that he can't get the key off of the handcuffs. Like, he can't get the handcuffs off because the key won't, he won't get it in. So finally, Luke just looks at him and breaks the handcuffs off and hands them to him. (laughs) And I think the reason that I think of that, because Jesus was so powerful, he didn't have to be arrested. He allowed himself to be put at the mercy of us. And we are so unworthy 
comparably. Right. Um, so it's really cool that it's just awe-inspiring that he would do something so great for us and lay down his life for not just the sins of those people, but for all people of all time. Right. And that just, that really rocks me. <laughs> so we're, we're taking on kind of a big thing. We are. What are you well, looking forward to the most in starting this project with me? Well, first of all, I get to be with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. Um, but I, I am really I am really looking forward um, to the lives of women that, that will be changed, you know, through this podcast, including our own. I mean, I think that we've already kind of grown a lot hanging out and talking about, you know, what are we going to talk about? What are some, you know, things that we're going to speak of and what women need to hear so I'm, I'm really excited about just seeing the lives that, that will be changed. Um, I'm excited about a generation of women being confident in who they are in Christ and not stressed about this life that will eventually fade away. Um, I'm also excited about girls learning from our crazy mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> because we've been through a lot. And if we can help the next generation learn from those things and not make the same mistakes that we did, that we can help them make better decisions. So... What about you? What are what are you most excited about? I'm actually really excited already. I started reaching out to people like you, as you know, on Facebook and people that I didn't even know, and just kind of putting our project out there, and really putting our heart on the line and asking you know people to give their testimony. And the minute I did that, it came from the most unexpected place. Just a lot of women who either don't have faith or are struggling with their faith or were had faith before and now they don't they just reached out to me with such love and compassion and support and they wanted to share their stories and it didn't matter that this was a christian podcast they wanted to move forward and they wanted to help other women whether that was moving forward with god or just getting through the things that they need to get through in life and right. so that just really touched me. And I, I mean, I had messages all night till two in the morning again. <laughs> and I, my husband's going to end up taking away my phone because I don't sleep anymore. Yeah. But it was just amazing. I was, I was struck by just how many women wanted to share. And that's just awesome. That is awesome. All right, so what do you think? You think we answered enough questions? I don't know. I think I think we can do one more. One more question? One more. Okay. All right. What's one thing, one piece of advice you would give your younger self? My younger self? Your younger self. Wow, that's a, a loaded question for the last question. <laughs> it really is. Um, Start strong, end strong. That's right. Start strong, end strong. Okay. I would probably say to not let what people say carry so much weight in your heart because I could, I mean, I got picked on for being too skinny, having big ears, having gaps in my teeth. Um, I got picked on for being a tomboy. So it's funny that you say that about yourself. Um, but then I got picked on too about being too Christian or, um, you know, too goody goody or following Jesus too much. So I think no matter what I did, there was always a hater. So I think really just not letting these people control me the way that they did. 
Well, in um, the words of Taylor Swift, you gotta shake it off. You gotta shake it off. Yeah, where was that song when we were kids? I, I mean, know. that's exactly what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. My younger self, I think it's okay to be hurt. And it's okay to not be perfect. And no matter how hard you try, your family is going to love you. And God is going to love you. I think I fought so hard against everything that I thought people thought I should be. I didn't let bullies get to me as much. Yes, it hurt my heart. But they couldn't even hold a candle to the things I was telling myself. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because even now as an adult, the th the I hold myself to such a higher standard than anyone else could even think about me. And I, I think it's a defense mechanism. But really, my biggest regret and the thing that I wish I could tell my younger self is to give your family a chance because I didn't. Okay, so that was us. Next time, we're going to discuss the future of Paving the Way Ministries. Are you ready? Totally. Awesome. To our listeners, thank you so much for your support. You can follow our podcast and other ministries at pavingthewayministries.org. From there, you can connect with us directly, find all of our episodes, and read more on our blog. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you'll be back with us next time.